Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the blessing of your word, which enables us to recall the great truths of the gospel and the Christian faith at any time. But apart from the illumination of the Holy Spirit, this book will remain a mystery. So we boldly ask you to send your spirit to give us minds that understand your word, hearts that joyfully embrace it, and then wills that eagerly obey it. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Repetition is the mother of learning. That was how my Greek professor in college began our first day of class. And we Greek students took that to heart. And you could always spot the Greek students around the campus because we had these little rings with little cards on them for our, for our memory verses and our vocab. And some of the students would even put them on their, their belt buckle. I, I know what you're thinking. What a bunch of nerds. Uh, sometimes you just, you just have to embrace it. Uh, if you've ever taken a foreign language, you know the importance of repetition. You just have to go over and over the words again. Or perhaps you've taken piano lessons. Anybody in here taken piano lessons? How many times have you gone through those scales? Can you even count that high? It is said that practice makes perfect. Maybe. <laughs> or think of golf lessons. I know of one man who took lessons by a professional, and the professional told him every single day, I want you to go out in your backyard, and I want you to swing the golf club 100 times. And the purpose of that was to develop muscle memory so that when you're out on the golf course, muscle memory kicks in and you properly hit the golf ball. Now, when I'm on the golf of course, muscle memory doesn't kick in for me. It's muscle amnesia. And all of a sudden, I forget how you're supposed to hit the ball. But that's, that's the principle anyways. Practice will help you properly hit the ball. The Apostle Peter, you may have noticed, believes in repetition or the importance of reminding believers of what they already know. Verse 12 again. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. And then in verse 13, I think it is right, as long as I am in the body, to stir you up by way of reminder. And then in 15, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. So Peter says, I'm going to remind you as long as I'm alive. And then later, I want you to have God's word so that you can recall these things. And in chapter 3, he says it again in verse 1. He says, this is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. So Peter is saying, basically, my two letters that I have written to you are for the purpose of reminding you of the great truths of the Christian faith. So obviously, Peter thinks that Christians need reminding of what they already know. The Apostle Paul understood the importance of repetition. In Philippians 3.1, he said, To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and it is safe 
for you. So Peter, as well as Paul, were more than happy to remind the believers of these great truths. Repetition is important. Every week during the service, we have a time of confession. And what are we doing during that time of confession? We are reminding ourselves week in and week out that we need to live in obedience to God's commands. And we are reminding ourselves that all of us fall short of the glory of God. And we are reminding ourselves that confession restores fellowship with God and brings his full forgiveness and pardon. And we are reminding ourselves every week that our God is a gracious, merciful, and forgiving God. And I don't know about you, but I, I love that reminder, and I can't be reminded of that too often. This morning, we recited the Apostles' Creed. Next week, we will recite the, the Nicene Creed. And, and what is the, the importance of reciting the Apostles' Creed? We're reminding ourselves of the basic, fundamental beliefs that we have as Christians, that God created all things. We're reminding ourselves of who Jesus is and why he died for us and his resurrection on the third day and of salvation through faith in him. And we're reminding ourselves of our belief in the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. And we need that reminder. Um, I don't know how many times I've recited the Apostles' Creed in my lifetime. I've been saying it since I was a little kid. I probably said it hundreds of times. And Lord willing, I will say it hundreds of times more in order that those basic truths can be hammered into my soul. So these reminders are important. They help us to develop spiritual muscle memory, if you will. So it's just reflective. So it's a part of our, our very nature. Now, in these reminders, Peter has a very specific purpose. If you were paying attention, you may have noticed that verse 12 begins with the word, therefore. And because I have repeated myself often, if you've been here, you know that we need to go back and say, well, therefore what? So let's just go back a couple of verses. Verse 10, therefore, brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mentioned two weeks ago that that phrase, never fall, is emphatic in the Greek. We could read it this way. You will by no means fall ever. So Peter's letting us know that if you practice these qualities, which we find in verses 5 and 7, adding to your faith knowledge and adding to knowledge virtue and adding to virtue self-control and, and so on, if you do those things, you will never fall and you will enter into God's eternal kingdom. So if you want to stand firm, which is a positive way of saying never fall. If you want to stand firm, we need reminders. And this morning we're going to look at three points if you're taking notes. Number one, we need reminders of what you already know. You're going to stand firm. You need reminders of what you already know. Number two, you need reminders to stir you up. And number three, if we're going to stand firm, 
you need reminders that you can easily recall. So let's begin with reminders of what we already know. So again, verse 12, Therefore I intend to always remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. So the qualities take us back to verses 5 through 7, which I said earlier. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So we need reminding that sanctification, godliness requires discipline, hard work. Two weeks ago, we mentioned that Peter says, make every effort. We need to work hard to be godly. This this just come naturally. You will not just drift into being a godly, holy, faithful person. You have to be intentional about that. You have to make every effort. And I told you, you can do that because God is at work within you. Colossians 1.29, Paul says, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works in me. And then 1 Peter 4.11, Whoever serves as one serving by the strength that God provides, so that in everything God may be glorified, through Jesus Christ. I love that verse. And speaking of repetition, my wife has heard me say that hundreds of times. And if you're a part of the worship team and you've been on that team for a while, you have heard me pray that dozens of times because I never get tired of reminding myself on a Sunday morning, I'm not standing up here by myself God will strengthen me. God will help me. So I need repetition. I need reminders. So I intentionally take that verse and pound it in my skull week in and week out. God will strengthen us by his spirit to do what he is calling us to do. And then in verse 12, Peter says that he's reminding them of these qualities. Though you know them, and are established in the truth that you have. Peter's reminding them of what they already know. Peter's saying, I'm not writing anything new to you. I'm not writing to you anything you don't already know. You already know these truths, but you do need to be reminded of them. We need to be reminded of what we know in the Apostles' Creed. So we're going to say it again. We need to be reminded of how Jesus taught us to Pray in the Lord's Prayer. So we're, we're going to pray it again. Matter of fact, some of us, present company included, are going to pray the Lord's Prayer every single day. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. So every single day, if you want to eat, ask for daily bread. And if you already have daily bread or weekly bread or monthly bread because your refrigerator is overflowing, then you can turn that prayer into a prayer of thanksgiving for God's generosity towards you because there are people around the world who don't pray that casually. So we need to be thankful. 
And then perhaps this morning, as we sung, Great is Thy Faithfulness, maybe, maybe you thought, wow, that's a classic. I wonder how many times I have sung, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I could not begin to even get close to the ballpark of how many times I've sang that. But you know what? I needed to sing it again this morning. Didn't you need to sing it again this morning? Didn't you need to remind yourself, great is God's faithfulness. Every single morning when I get up, new mercies, fresh mercy is waiting to greet me because God is faithful. Don't you need that? Most of you do not need new teaching. Some of you do, and that's okay. For, for some of you, some of this theology is, is new, and that's okay. Just begin where, where you are. This last week, I talked to a gentleman at the graduation we, we went to, and, and he's a, an engineer, and he works with uh, fighter pilots. And he asked what I did. You know how the conversation, what do you do? For, I'm a pastor. And my initial follow-up question that I always ask, and what's your religious background? He said, I have, I have no religious background whatsoever. And we started talking about the Bible and Christianity and, and what we believe as a church. And, and after about two minutes, he said, well, you've just plumbed the depths of my theological knowledge. And he wasn't kidding. He didn't know anything about the Bible, yet he was a, he was a smart person. But here's what I would say, better late than never. So I encourage them to read the Gospel of John. And Lord willing, he will pick it up, if nothing else, out of curiosity and and read it. So if, if you're new to the faith, that's, that's okay. I would encourage you, start where you are. I mean, like you have any other option, right? But start where you are. There's some great truths to be discovered here. But, but for most of you, you don't, you don't need anything new. You just, you just need reminders. You need to be reminded that God is faithful because you started to question that a little bit when you went through a crisis so you need to be reminded that god's sovereign god is in control how often in the media do you hear it some 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 tragedy takes place wherever you know great earthquake or a war and and people ask the question where is god in all this and if you're like me you want to yell at the tv same place he was before it took place, on his throne, ruling and reigning over the nations. But even as Christians, we need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded that God is working out all things. Yes, all things, even those painful things in your life for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And, and you come to church, and you don't need any, anything new, but you do need to be reminded of, of who your God is and, and his love and his care and his provision for you and, and how he will watch, watch over you. You need to be reminded of that. So if, if you leave here this morning and you think, hmm, listen to the message. I don't think I learned anything I didn't know before. That's okay with me as long as you leave saying, thank you, Lord, for reminding me of what I already knew. But... The reality of it was a little dim, but today, because I worship with your people in, in your house on this, your day, because of that, I was reminded of what I already knew, then I will, then I will be thankful and have considered this message a success, if you will. So 
usually we just need to be reminded of what we already know. So if you want to stand firm, you need reminders of what you already know. Number two, you need reminders to stir you up. I like verse 13. Peter says, I think it is right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. Now, you might have a translation that says, as long as I am in this tent. That's literally how it reads. Uh, Peter is referring to his body as a tent. And by referring to it as a tent, he's, he's saying this body that I have right here is, is temporary. Uh, a day is coming when I am going to receive my permanent glorified body. But as long as I'm in this temporary body, this, this tent, I'm going to minister to you. By the way, isn't that a great thought for some of you? You're going to get a new body. You can just say, I'm done with this tent. Falling apart anyways. Peace is missing. Day is coming. You're going to get a, a new body. But in the meantime, he's going to stir the people up. And if I can paraphrase Peter, he's saying something like this. As long as I'm still alive and breathing, I think the right thing to do is to stir you up with these reminders. And that word, stir up, it's used of waking up somebody who is asleep. You folks are sleeping spiritually, and and you need someone to wake you up. R.C. Sproul said, in our slumber, we are unconscious of holy things. And we need someone to wake us up. I might say it this way. Sometimes we are hypnotized by the things of this world, and we need a preacher to stand in front of us and say, snap out of it. (laughs) What are you doing? Look to God. Look to his kingdom. What, What are you living for? And you need someone to stir you up by way of reminder. And Peter sees that as his his job. As long as he's alive, he needs to stir up the people, remind them of what they already know. And if that does happen, that's revival. Psalm 85, 6, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? What is revival? It's, It's God waking us up spiritually to see what's right in front of us but we got sidetracked by the things of the world, the problems of the world, or the the pleasures of this world. And and God says, you need to live for my kingdom and my glory. Like, oh, yeah, what was I I thinking? And And it's like we're sleeping spiritually. And if you're a Christian, you know what that's like. You know what that's like. Every once in a while, God comes, and he's like, snap out of it. And he doesn't work in our lives, and he clarifies our our vision. Those in uh, Revelation needed this. Jesus writes to the church of Sardis. This is in Revelation 3, beginning at, at verse 1. The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Don't you like that? That's Jesus. Wake up, church. And strengthen what remains as, and is about to die. Don't let it die. Strengthen what you have left in you. For I have not found your works complete in my sight. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. Repent. 
If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. What's Jesus saying? Wake up. Remember. Seems to be the, the message that everybody has. It's the message of Peter, Paul, Jesus. Wake up. You, you need to remember. And we, we all need these reminders. And in verse 14, Peter says, Since I know that the putting off of my body or tent will be soon, as our Lord Jesus made clear to me. Uh, Peter suspects that this may be his last letter because he's about to die. And indeed, it was his last letter, at least the last letter that we have because his martyrdom was imminent. And he knew it was coming because of the prophecy that Jesus made in John 21 after the resurrection. Jesus told Peter very plainly, Truly, truly, I say to you, When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you not want to go. And then John adds this interpretation. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Now, try to put yourself in in Peter's sandals, if you will. Jesus makes this prophecy that a day is coming when you will be martyred for me. You will stretch out your hands, a sign of crucifixion. I try to think, how, how would I respond if, if that prophecy was, was made to me? I, I think on the one hand, it would be kind of frightening knowing what's, what's waiting for me and, and what might be Involved in that process, I think of Sproul, who used to say, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of death, but it's the dying part I'm not looking forward to. And what, what would that martyrdom include? What, what kind of pain would be involved? And that, that could be scary. Yet I do think on the other side, for Peter, I think it was encouraging. Because in this context, he's restoring Peter after he denied Jesus three times. And, and Peter's told, you won't deny me again. You're going to do it. You are going to lay down your life for me. You will be faithful to the end. And I think there was a part of Peter who was encouraged by that. As I think about it, he, he's going to be faithful to the end. So I think on the one hand it was frightening, but on the other it was, it was encouraging. We know from tradition that Peter did die on the cross, but he died upside down because he did not feel worthy to die in the same way that Jesus did. And that took place under the emperor Nero in, in Rome in A.D. 64. But Peter's saying, until that faithful day comes, I see it as my calling to continue to remind you of what you already know, to stir you up by way of these reminders so that you will live as God is calling you to live and we all need these these reminders on a regular basis on a on a daily basis that's why it's so important to be in the house of god every every week so we can can encourage each other i was talking to someone in this church just just this last week and and we were reminding each other of 
just how powerful the ordinary means of grace are. The preaching of the word and, and the sacraments, the fellowship that we enjoy, and, and the singing of songs to God. I, I think, again, if, if God would open our spiritual eyes and he would help us to see, if we would ask this, this question, let's just use our sanctified imaginations. If we would ask God this question, uh, the two, three, four hours that I set aside on Sunday to go to church, to gather with God's people, to, to enjoy the service. Lord, what kind of spiritual impact did that service have on me? I think if God showed us somehow or he answered that question, we would be amazed at just how powerful it is to be in this service as we are right now. And if we saw that, we would think, I can't wait to show up next week. Wild horses couldn't drag me away. I really believe that. If we could just see how God uses the ordinary means of grace. So if you want to stand firm, you need reminders of what you already know, reminders to stir you up, and number three, reminders that you can easily recall. Peter's imminent demise raises the question, if he's no longer on the scene, how will the Christians be reminded of these great truths of the, of the Christian faith? He says in verse 15, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, literally exodus, you may be able at any time to recall these things. This is a reference to First and Second Peter. You and I will be able to recall these things because we, we hold in our hands First and Second Peter, which have been added to the other inspired books of the Bible. And yes, in case you were wondering, Peter did know that he was writing inspired scripture. He knew that the Spirit of God was working through him, just like the Spirit of God was working through Paul. A verse that's interesting, we'll get to it later, but Second uh, Peter 3.15, Peter says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters, when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them which are hard to understand. And all God's people said, Amen. <laughs> some things are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. So right away it was recognized by the church that what Peter wrote was inspired scripture and... The same was true for all the, the apostles. That's why the early church was devoted specifically to the apostles' teaching. They were commissioned by the Lord, and they had a message from him, and it was inspired. Now, here's something I don't want you to gloss over. Peter's dying desire. Think about that. Peter's dying desire. He knows that he is about to die. His dying desire is for God's people to have God's inspired, inerrant, authoritative word so that at any time they could recall what he was trying to remind them of. 
That was his dying desire. And he said, I'm going to make every effort. And of course, he's speaking humanly. I'm going to make every effort. I'm going to do everything I can within my power to make sure that at any time you can recall these great truths of the Christian faith, which, again, is a reminder of how easily we forget all the blessings that we have. That, that's our natural default mode, to just forget how, how good God has been to us. You know, after a while, God just blesses us, and we just, we just take it for granted. How, how many of us got up this morning and, and had something for breakfast, whether it was simply a cup of coffee or, I don't know, a, a donut, whatever you might have had, and, and we just take that for granted? Instead of drinking that coffee and, and praising God. Because how can I wake up without coffee? <laughs> but all these blessings, we, we can take them for granted. And, and the same can be true of the, the Christian life. It, it's so easy to forget just how blessed we are. On April 30th, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation for a national day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer. In part, this is what he said. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and persevering grace, too proud to pray to God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. So easily we forget how good God has been to us and all the blessings that we have. So we need to be reminded of just how good God is. And that's what Peter's doing here. And that's what we try to do every, every single week. It's basically real simple. Why are we gathering together to remind ourselves of what we already know but we forgot because we got distracted by everything that took place during the week. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can hold it in our hands. Thank you that at any time we can pick it up, read it, study it, memorize it, live according to it, and experience the blessing that comes. Father, forgive us for neglecting this this treasure that we have for taking it for granted. I pray for all of us that we will grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ that we find in the pages of Scripture. And, and thank you that as we gather together, you do stir us up week by week. And it's in Christ's name we pray.